0: Now that the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, legal experts and political pundits say the next big legal battle is going to be over abortion pills.
1: 54% of abortions in the U.S. are medication abortions.
0: Why are we making people jump through hoops and travel across state lines? We really need to challenge these assumptions.
2: Are you,
3: are you not, are you, you're not pregnant, are you? I would say that this is going to end a pregnancy.
4: Wow, that doesn't happen often. As the battle over abortion rights rages across America, lives are at stake. Barriers to reproductive health care access have forced many people to travel long distances and to cross state lines to freedom of choice. For their body, for their future, and for ours. You'll hear the stories from the front lines. From those seeking abortion care and the heroes who helped them along the way. One journey at a time. This is Crossing the Line. For the nearly 50 years following the Roe v. Wade ruling, abortion care was normalized. And thanks to that, many women are comfortable talking about their reproductive care.
5: I'm speaking to you today as someone who chose to build a career over building a family. As someone who chose to be a mother on her own time
6: and on her own terms. A cesarean scar ectopic pregnancy with increta. My placenta was going through my uterus, putting my life at risk. If any pain has been spared in my sorrow, it is because I had the freedom to make this choice.
7: I truly, truly believe abortion saves lives. It saved mine. I'm not ashamed of it. And I want that right for everybody. I'm gonna fight for that right for everybody.
4: Hope remains that the post-Roe environment will be less dangerous than pre-Roe, thanks in large part to medication abortions, which became legal in the year 2000. The FDA recently lifted in-person requirements for abortion pills and made them available to patients by mail.
8: The FDA is trying to make it easier for women to get abortion pills in the mail. The change will permanently allow patients to have telemedicine appointments to get a prescription, then have it sent by mail.
5: Plan C, which provides information about how to obtain the drugs, has seen web traffic surge from 3,500 visitors to more than 200,000 on Friday alone.
4: Plan C Pills is a nonprofit organization that provides accurate information about medication abortions. Co-director and co-founder Alisa Wells elaborates on how abortion pills can be taken in a clinic or at home to terminate a pregnancy.
0: The first myth about abortion is that you have to go to a clinic to get one. We saw tremendous change during COVID with the introduction of telehealth services with mailed pills. So we want people to know that you do not have to go physically to a clinic. You can go online anytime, day or night, and in the convenience and privacy of your own home, you can do this medical consultation and get safe and effective pills that you then take at home to manage your abortion.
4: Plan C's goal is to normalize self-managed abortion.
0: We want people to know that these pills are safe and effective without any medical supervision. The World Health Organization has said that you can use them to self-manage an abortion up to 12 weeks from the first day of your last menstrual period. We know that some people feel most comfortable going to a clinic to get the care. And there are groups that are working really hard to help people cross borders into other states to get that type of in-person clinic care. One thing we want people to understand is even if you cross-state border now and go to a clinic, they're going to give you the pills and you're going to take them home. You take them at home and have the abortion at home.
4: For one woman in Alabama,
0: a medication
4: abortion can mean the difference between getting ahead and just getting by.
2: It is overwhelming. Do you still want to continue to be a single mother with four kids? You knowing you don't have the money, and, you know, struggling to find the daycare again or... And in the pregnancy.
4: Deandra, whose name has been changed to protect her identity, knows her best option is to not carry her pregnancy to term.
2: I'm in school and I'm trying to, you know, better myself. I just moved here and I don't have any support from any family or friends. And it's, it's really hard.
4: She received the first pill in the two-step process at a local clinic.
2: That's the first pill yesterday? About a few hours in, I got really, really nauseated. They gave me some medicine for nausea. I couldn't afford it, so I just kind of dealt with it. I was very fatigued, but I know that I have to do what I have to do in order to put myself first and my kids as well. The second step happens at home. I had to wait 24 hours later, and now I am taking step two, which is the four tablets. I will be placing them in my cheek, and set a timer for 30 minutes.
8: The landscape of how people are accessing abortion has changed dramatically, even in just the 20 years since I've been practicing. Medication abortion has been available in the United States for the last 20 years, and the demand for it is increasing significantly.
4: That's Dr. Reagan mcdonald Mosley, CEO of Power to Decide, and a reproductive healthcare provider.
8: Abortion is a common part of the reproductive life course for many people. In fact, research shows that one in four women will have an abortion at some point in their lifetime. Currently, over 50% of all abortions, not just early abortions, are done through medication abortion. And in states where it's available, people can access that medication through telehealth platforms where they can have a a visit or or talk to a provider through a telehealth platform and receive medications through the mail.
4: Power to Decide's mission is to ensure that everyone has control over their bodies and to advance sexual and reproductive well-being.
8: Before people even come to see me in the health center, the first thing they do is go to Dr. Google. And that's really the space where Power to Decide works. It's a really powerful mission to leverage digital tools to ensure that people have access to trusted, evidence-based information online about sexual health, about contraception, about abortion.
4: Bedsider.org and AbortionFinder.org are two key resources for reliable information.
8: The increased propagation of false information on the internet absolutely makes our job more challenging, but it also makes it more important that people have a resource where they know that they can get trusted evidence-based information. They can go to Bedsider and use our clinic finder and find clinics that provide the full scope of contraceptive methods, that they can go to abortion finder and get information about where they can get trusted abortion care, as well as information about the laws in their state and what to expect. More people increasingly looking for information online and they're connecting to crisis pregnancy centers.
4: Crisis pregnancy centers are one of the more repugnant ways anti-abortion forces are spreading false information.
6: A crisis pregnancy center is a non-medical facility that sort of masks itself as an abortion clinic. They're often run by Christian religious right folks who are trying to deter people from accessing care.
4: Midwife Christy Pitney, who also works as a telehealth coordinator for Plan C, explains how these centers deceive people. Their intent is to persuade women and girls that adoption or parenting is a better option.
6: The crisis pregnancy centers are telling people that there have been increased rates of emergency room admissions since people have been doing telehealth abortions and more medication abortions. And we know that that's
5: just not true. It can get increasingly nasty and traumatic for people that are seeking abortion care to interact with people at these fake clinics where they have a very clear agenda. Before you've decided what you might want to do, they've decided for you what they want you to do. And they bring the full force of their manipulation to that process.
4: Intentional misinformation makes Power to Decide's online resources critical. As Rachel Fay, VP of Policy and Strategic Partnerships, explains.
5: Abortion Finder is a tool to help people find abortion care nearest them based on how far along they are in their pregnancy, the type of abortion care that they want. Do they want a procedure? or Do they want a medication abortion? As well as information about where they can find resources to help them cover the cost of that abortion, travel where they need to go for that abortion, and other supports. As bans have ramped up, we have seen unprecedented traffic to Abortion Finder. One of the things that we have done with Abortion Finder is verified every clinic that's in that database. So when people go there, the first thing they know is that they are seeking care from actual clinics that provide abortion care. I will say that If people in this country received high-quality sexual health education, perhaps we'd have an easier job in some sense. But that's not the country we live in right now. So we deal with a lot of misinformation, a lot of fear, and a lot of lack of information.
4: Reaching youth is essential, according to Dr. Mosley.
8: It's a numbers game. If there are 10 poor resources for every quality resource, then that means that young people who are seeking access to information on the internet are going to be sort of flooded with bad resources.
1: Information is power and that power belongs to all of us. The 21st century abortion has arrived.
4: Social media influencer Imani Wilson-Shabazz, a Partnership Engagement Manager at Plan C, creates and hosts TikTok videos to educate those who might not be aware.
1: We provide research-based information on abortion pills, including where they're found and how people are using them for safe home abortions. We also catalyze new initiatives to disrupt the old barriers to abortion pill access.
4: Several of Plan C's videos have gone viral. Wilson-Shabazz shares the process behind their success.
1: Okay, so then let's record this dance. And, all right, let me see, let me play the song and then we're gonna go for it. Okay, so now that that's done, it's time to edit. Okay, what should I call
4: it? Her most popular posting to date, with nearly 400,000 views, is titled, Questions I Get Asked About Abortion Pills.
1: TikTok is such an interesting tool to use. I have had a blast making TikToks and having people see that information. And I think what makes it so interesting is that it's so easy to share with so many people and across different platforms. And it makes it easy to send to friends. And since they're so quick, you can make it as punchy as possible. It makes it a little less stigmatizing. We're gonna talk about this and we're gonna have fun talking about this. And it's just a different narrative around abortion in general. And so I think using bright, light TikTok dances and sounds, it really makes it so that people are like, this is a really approachable topic that I want to engage in and talk about.
4: Many people still don't know about medication abortion, despite its prevalent use. Social media has been invaluable in getting the word out. 54%
1: 54% of abortions in the U.S. are medication abortions. And knowing that is something that you can get in the mail, that's also really important to know. And so we're going to keep finding ways to do this. We're going to protect each other and we're going to help each other.
4: While social media reaches a younger audience, reproductive health care advocate Jex Blackmore recently demonstrated that traditional media is also a valuable tool for reaching a wider audience.
7: I have a relationship with the local news and have been on, Several times to debate kind of pro life, anti choice pastors or extremists in the past. I had been talking about abortion pills for several months and really working on getting the word out about how they work and the availability of the medication through the mail. And so when I was asked to have this conversation on, live TV, I saw it as an opportunity to dispel some of the stigma and misconceptions about taking abortion medication.
6: My guests, pro-life activist Rebecca Kiesling and reproductive healthcare advocate Jex Blackmore. Jex, I want to start with you in this segment. I've looked at your website and your social media. You seem to be promoting abortion pills. I guess, number one, are they dangerous?
3: They are incredibly safe, safer than Viagra or Tylenol. They've actually been in medical practice since 2000. So if you order it through the mail, they'd be the same thing you would receive if you were to walk into a clinic. And now you can get it sent to you through the mail. And it is extremely easy and private and allows you to really self-manage your abortion.
4: The anchor on Detroit's Fox Channel 2 had no idea what he was about to witness.
3: And. Charlie, I just wanna share with you, this year is Mifepristone. This is the first of two pills you would take to end a pregnancy. And it would induce an abortion by blocking the hormone and allowing a pregnancy to grow. And I wanna show you how easy it is and safe it is by taking it myself. You're taking it? Are you? Are you not, are you, you're not pregnant, are you? I would say that this is going to end a pregnancy.
4: Wow, that doesn't happen often. Blackmore's intention was to start a conversation about self-managed abortion.
7: I didn't warn them in advance, and Charlie, the host, was really shocked. And the segment in particular often tries to get folks to argue back and forth. And so in taking the medication, it kind of shut down that opportunity and provided a chance just to very simply get the word out to as many people as possible about the availability and function of mail-order abortion. The
4: activists' bold action garnered a tremendous response.
7: The response was so positive. And it came from around the world. People saying, thank you for doing this. I had no idea that this medication was available. This was my experience when I took that medication. How do I get it? I would say that this just outpouring of relief and gratitude, which made me feel incredibly good and also demonstrated the power of using the media to get these important messages out to make sure that people get the information that they need for the care that they require.
4: Managing the second half of her medication abortion at home in Alabama, Deandra starts to
2: feel the effects. It's been about four hours since I took the sick and sick appeals. Um, I am currently experiencing um, nausea, um, chills. Some diarrhea, it's a little mild cramping. I'm just trying my best to um, relax as much as possible and stay comfortable. I don't think the pregnancy has passed yet. She reflects on how little
4: control women are now left with.
2: Doing it from home, it makes me feel Pretty lucky since Roe Wade was overturned, it, uh, it upsets me because that decision will mostly affect people of color like myself, people of poverty, and the innocent kids that, that's going to be forced to be born to a mother or father that doesn't want them. It makes me think about all the neglect and everything that they may have to go through. It, it just, it seems unfair in so many ways.
4: And while trigger laws are closing down clinics in many red states following Roe's overturn, anti-abortion leaders are also seeking new ways to block access to medication abortion.
9: Now that
0: the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, legal experts and political pundits say the next big legal battle is going to be over abortion pills.
1: Reproductive
4: rights supporters that I spoke with say that the pills should still be available, but some states are
1: moving to limit that access.
4: Two states have already banned self-managed abortion care, and 17 more have laws pending in their legislatures. Alyssa Wells from Plan C believes people must demand the abortion pill as an option.
0: We really need to take a step back when we think about what's happening in the United States today. All these laws being passed and people trying their hardest to help people cross state lines and get to the clinics and to that care. She
4: explains how to overcome these obstacles.
0: We have very safe and effective pills. So why are we making people jump through hoops and travel across state lines? We really need to challenge these assumptions and stand up to this bullying. People need to recognize we have modern medical care that is being denied to us. We know that this has been available to people around the world for decades. We need to think about a new paradigm, a new way that we think about abortion access in our country. We have over-medicalized it, over-regulated it, and it's unfair to the person who needs the abortion.
4: Blackmore points out why access to abortion pills is critical.
0: Mail-order abortion is effective
7: into the second trimester. It's affordable and it is available. Legal abortion is no longer available in lots of places in the United States, but safe, self-managed abortion is available. Of course, legislators will try to restrict this in any way possible, but it will be incredibly hard to enforce.
4: Kimberly Inez McGuire, Executive Director of URGE, a youth-led reproductive rights and justice nonprofit, discusses the stigma attached to self-managed abortion care.
9: The history of self-managed abortion is one that really spans the globe, and it spans centuries. We know that people all over the globe have ended their pregnancies on their own, and sometimes with the support of a community-based provider for a very long time. We also know in this country, self-managed abortion has had a complicated history. Before Roe v. Wade, there were folks who ended their pregnancy in a way that was not safe.
4: URGE, which stands for Unite for Reproductive and Gender Equity, uses social media to spread the word on how safe pills can be.
9: Hi, welcome to the Self-Managed Abortion Stigma-Free Zone. Here we have created a space to uplift, support, and normalize self-managed abortion. And we've done so by creating a home. This is a home where we envision someone self-managing their abortion in an environment and in a context that is fully supported and affirmed.
4: The major difference in the US now versus 50 years ago is that pills are an option.
9: Five decades past the time of Roe v. Wade, we once again do not have legal abortion in the entire country. But what's changed is that we now have safe and effective abortion pills, which we didn't have before Roe. We are in a time where, yes, for many people, self-managed abortion is their first choice. They may be looking at traveling hundreds or even thousands of miles. And travel may not be a possibility for the 40% of people in this country who don't have paid sick leave for a young person who doesn't have transportation or someone whose travel is limited by their immigration status.
4: Removing the shame and fear around using abortion pills is the first step.
9: Breaking the stigma about self-managed abortion actually requires us to get to the root of abortion stigma itself and to recognize and reaffirm the right of every single person to end their pregnancy in the way that makes the most sense for their life. People can determine if they're pregnant, people can access pills, people can use pills safely.
4: Dr. McDonald Mosley concurs.
8: It's critically important that we do everything that we can to ensure that anyone who wants or needs an abortion is able to surmount the crazy barriers that are going to be in front of them as more folks are relying on access to medication abortion through mail and through telehealth.
4: To many, the recent bans and restrictions on abortion care are in large part about control. Urges McGuire makes the connection.
9: Black and brown communities have faced criminalization for as long as this country has had a legal system. And so with this new Supreme Court decision that has opened the floodgates for criminalization across the country, we know that the people who are most impacted by abortion bans are also already facing criminalization. Black women, Black people, Black trans and non-binary people will be most targeted by police who are basically enforcing this new reproductive police state that now half of the country is living in. Urge's
4: Abortion on Our Own Terms campaign hopes to not only break the silence around self-managed
9: abortions, but also
4: to counter any misinformation.
9: For many people, it's their first choice. They would rather have their abortion at home. They value the privacy of it. They value the confidentiality of it.
4: And they're targeting a very specific audience.
9: Self-managed abortion can be a really important and empowering tool for young people who are facing an unintended pregnancy. We know that young people face specific barriers to accessing abortion that actually means they are more likely, potentially, to self-manage. We know from data specifically that abortion care can be really gendered and can actually create gender dysphoria for young trans and non-binary people. So we know trans young people have long been choosing self-managed abortion. And now, in a time where in half of the country we've lost abortion access, young people don't have the same options to travel. There are a variety of tools and resources that are available. For example, the MNA hotline that provides confidential medical advice. There is also the Repro Legal Helpline, which provides confidential legal advice for someone who may be contending with criminalization.
4: Alyssa Wells describes how Plan C provides a roadmap for anyone seeking abortion pills.
0: Somebody could go to plancpills.org and type in the state where they live, and it will tell them. Either you live in a state that allows telehealth abortion, and it will direct them to any number of these modern mainstream telehealth providers that for starting at about $150 or less, you can get an online consultation done, and you can have the pills mailed directly to your house. And those providers are always available to help support you if you have questions later on. This is a sample of what I got in the mail. It just comes in a plain envelope. Inside are these pills.
4: Plan C works closely with the Netherlands-based aidaccess.org.
0: Now suppose you live in a restrictive state. The first option you'll see is aidaccess.org. That is an international service that's run by Dr. Rebecca Gompertz.
5: As more states move to restrict
1: abortions, one doctor who does not live in this country is now poised to become one of the most controversial abortion providers in America. I've been working in this field for now over 20 years. Uh, Another organization that I founded called Women on Web has been uh, a a telemedical uh, abortion service as well. This can all be contained to their home. Yes, and actually that is how it's taking place in many other countries.
4: Dr. Gompertz breaks down the process.
1: In the States, like New York and California, it's the U.S. providers that are providing the prescriptions for the women who have done the telemedical service consultation, and that prescription is filled by a U.S.-based uh, uh, online pharmacy. Uh, the other states, uh, these women are referred to me, and I'm licensed to practice in Austria for where I'm um, prescribing the medication. uh, And the the prescription is filled by a pharmacy in India and then it's sent to the
6: women uh, that need it.
4: Midwife Christy Pitney helps coordinate this access.
6: I'm one of the US clinicians for aid access and the provider coordinator for Plan C pills. So it generally takes between one to three weeks for the medicines to arrive. We do offer a sliding scale or pay what you can model For the states where we have a US provider, you're doing everything within the US medical legal system. For folks who are in those more restricted states, some people might consider that to be a little bit more of self-managing because the clinician is outside of the United States. But regardless, people are still going to pass that pregnancy at home and really be managing the bulk of it on their own. We do recognize that folks in the restricted states may have legal risks. And so, for anyone who wants more information on those, I recommend going to If, When, How, and they have a Repro Legal helpline that people can call and talk to to find out more information.
4: Plan C also provides hacks on how to retrieve abortion medication by mail.
0: If they live in a state that has restricted access, we list online pharmacies on our website that will ship you pills. These are commercial businesses, they operate like any mail order business where you choose the product, you put it in your cart, and then you pay for it, and they will ship the pills to you. No prescription is needed. A second way we know people are accessing pills when they live in a state that restricts access is using a mail forwarding service. You can set up a mail forwarding address in a state that allows telehealth abortion. So suppose you live in Texas, you could set up a mailbox, a virtual mailbox in California, and then you can go to a California telehealth provider and they will ship the pills to you within two or three days. They are legally required to practice medicine in California, and they are compliant with that law by shipping pills to you in California. Once you get a notice from your mail forwarding service that the pills have arrived, you can forward them to yourself, and that is just an alternate way of accessing telehealth abortion.
4: While pro-choice advocates are working hard to increase abortion access, Power to Decide's Dr. McDonald Mosley believes attention needs to be brought to the risks people are facing.
8: We're going to see worsening inequities for Black, Indigenous, and people of color, again because of the cycle of poverty. This country already has insanely high maternal mortality rates, and that is going to worsen without access to safe legal abortion for many. We may see decreased educational attainment, particularly among Black women. And we're going to see criminalization of adverse pregnancy outcomes, like miscarriages and stillbirths, where providers feel like they can't or unable to intervene when they otherwise would.
4: She notes that history has shown us that bans do not work.
8: Making abortion care more restrictive does not decrease the number of abortions that folks have. And we have lots and lots of data about this looking across the world. It just makes it harder for people to have care and in many circumstances makes it more unsafe. My hope is that because of abortion medications, that we're not going to see a huge surge in septic, very dangerous, very unsafe abortions.
4: Plan C's Wells hopes they can give the power of decision over one's own body back to women.
0: With Roe being overturned, it's really critical that we create as many routes of access to abortion as possible. And abortion pills are one of those critical routes of access. We know that self-managed abortion will play a critical role in helping people access abortion care.
4: Unfortunately, that self-determination will still be attached to privilege, as Power to Decide's Faye reminds.
5: You know, at the time that Roe v. Wade was decided, we didn't have conversations about who could afford the care. Abortion became a right in name only for many, many people. Who did not have the financial resources to afford care outside of the public health insurance they depended on? Those with privilege, those with the ability to afford that care, will travel to other states to get care. And what remains is a group of people who struggle daily to climb out of poverty, who are now faced with what will likely be an insurmountable barrier for some of them to getting care. The world before Roe v. Wade is not what the world after Roe v. Wade is going to look like. So talking about coat hangers and back alley abortions, that's not what it's going to look like. But we worry about it looking like criminalizing miscarriage um, or fear of providers providing care that's needed because of a legal threat, not even because of any fear about a lack of safety. Medication abortion is incredibly safe. So. We're entering uncharted territory, but we can learn a few things from the past and not repeat some of those mistakes in in the way we talk about this. I see an opportunity to build it back stronger and in a more inclusive way that really actually fulfills what people hoped Roe would do.
4: Urges McGuire shares how to get involved.
5: So for
9: anyone who is learning about self-managed abortion for the first time, who is pissed off about the Supreme Court decision, it's so important to get educated about self-managed abortion. Tell a friend. The more people who know about self-managed abortion, the more likely someone who needs this kind of care will hear about it from someone in their own network. If you come to the abortion on our own terms website, we'll be alerting folks to moments to activate to their local or state or federal legislators to send a clear message that self-managed abortion should be available and never criminalized.
4: A few weeks after her medication abortion, DeAndra is feeling confident about her decision.
2: I think it's safe. As long as you have everything you need, stock up on heat and pads for your cramps, make sure you have your medicine, vitamins, tea. Uh, whatever it is you're, that you need for comfort. Do it for you. Don't let anyone influence your decision. Do it for you.
4: Next time on Crossing the Line. The overturn of Roe is having dangerous consequences for pregnant patients seeking care for life-threatening conditions. Chaos over the legalities of abortion bans have left doctors and hospitals scrambling. There's no roadmap for that. We're asking our providers to figure out how to best take care of patients in these life-saving emergencies without putting their homes, their livelihood, their families in a terrible situation. With lawyers now making policy, instead of medical professionals, critical issues need to be addressed. I should be able to talk to a patient who has cancer and is pregnant about all of the options for their health
5: care. There is no exception for the health of the mother. It's very clear that it has to be life-saving. But how far do you let that go? How long do you wait?
4: Leila Houshmand is one of those patients. Eight weeks into her pregnancy, she awakes with a terrible migraine.
8: It's like out of my right eye, I'm trying to see through a layer of Vaseline. And I think, oh boy, that's not normal. And I know enough to know whatever's happening to me is unusual And it's urgent. So we go to the ophthalmologist's office. And they're losing their minds in this office. And every time they shine a light in my eye, I just vomit violently, uncontrollably. I hear him say, you had a stroke in your optic nerve.
4: But there's nothing I can do for you because you're pregnant. This is Crossing the Line. This podcast was brought to you by Population Media Center. Executive producers are Lisa Caruso and Alex Domenenko. Co-producer is Kathleen Bedoya, and associate producer is Dominica Ruelas. This episode is field produced by Charity Twos. Edited by Bruno Falcon, with production services provided by Pidge Productions. Production coordinating is by June Neely. Impact strategy is led by Charity Twos, and original music is by Valerie Ortiz. Narration is read by Tatiana St. Fard. Special thanks to Alyssa Wells and Imani Wilson-Shabazz from Plan C Pills, Jex Blackmore, Christy Pitney and Dr. Rebecca Gompertz from Aid Access, Kimberly Inez McGuire, Executive Director of URGE and Abortion on Our Own Terms Campaign, Dr. Reagan McDonald-Mosley and Rachel Fay of Power to Decide, and of course, to all those who shared their stories with us. An additional thank you to our partners, Power to Decide, AbortionFinder.org, and Plan C Pills. Check out ctlpod.com for abortion resources and ways to take action. Subscribe and review CTL Pod on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Google, or wherever
2: you get your podcasts.